Anderson. Hits it in the end right. Back at the wall. And the White Sox win it. Sox win. This is the Feeling Soxy Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Clint Klaus. And the White Sox are the owners of the Detroit Tigers, at least for this first series. At least for this first series. They took two out of three from them. Lost opening day 5-4 to four on the walk-off home, walk-off whatever it was by Javier Baez. I mean, A.J. Pollock dropped the ball, whatever it was. And then you had good, solid pitching from two guys that took very uh, big, big steps. I wouldn't really say big steps. It is one series, but I really liked what I saw out of Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech. And also from Lucas Giolito, too. And we'll get into... We'll get into his injury, how long he's going to be out, and pretty much what to expect. And we'll start with opening day. We'll start with opening day since the Giolito news kind of coincides with what, with what happened on opening day. So opening day with, against the Detroit Tigers, 12 o'clock start, which I kind of liked. I kind of liked the early starts rather than having the game start at like seven o'clock, but beggars can't be choosers. Baseball was back. I was happy that they came back in the short abbreviated spring trading and the offense looked very good. I mean, scoring right off the bat, scoring two runs, right with two outs too. get the first two guys out. And I know Tim Anderson wasn't in the lineup these first two games, but that first game, you know, AJ Pollock set it off. I mean, he went three for five. Luis Robert went two for five. So, very good, you know, they got very good production out of them. They got on base three times and were in positions to score more runs. And I, the real turning point of the game of opening day was two things. Number one was it was the fifth inning. They were up three nothing, probably, and were in position to have more runs. They Jose Abreu moved Luis Robert over to second base. They moved over. They were in position to score more runs. With one out with Grandal and Aloy Jimenez, I believe Yasmani Grandal popped up to Jonathan Scope, and then Aloy Jimenez hit a, hit a rocket that inevitably just went right back to the pitcher. So poor timing. Well, I wouldn't say poor timing, but more or less just hitting it wrong place, wrong time. Sometimes you're getting lucky. Sometimes you hit it literally right at a guy. And then I think like the very next inning, Giolito left with an injury, and that was that was the whole turning point of the game I felt like because it really felt like Detroit still had a little bit of a shot at it even though it was a three nothing lead and being in control for the most part especially when Giolito left with the injury because then the Giolito stuff I mean that leads to oh god you know the injury the injury bug which is still very active with the White Sox in terms of this early start to the season so Giolito leaves after four innings very impressive stuff I mean the Tigers really couldn't do much of anything with him really couldn't do much of anything against any of our starting pitchers for that matter but then he leaves Bennett Souza makes his debut we'll give a shout out to to him and Tanner Banks they both had really great series but Bennett Souza comes in play plays it pretty well then the sixth inning things kind of started to get a little bit a little bit fishy you know Detroit was able to get a run on the board get their first run on the board and then we kind of got saved because of a a double play with the illegal slide with that Yammer, uh, Yammer Candelario had on Josh Harrison. So that was a huge, that was also another really huge play. That was a huge break for the Sox, but 
we uh, couldn't take advantage of it. The offense really went dormant after those first couple innings, and then not being able to score with uh, Robert and Pollock on really kind of hurt the team in that game. Because then, you know, you go to the eighth inning, Aaron Bummer comes in, and he gives up two base hits and a walk, but gets two outs, which then leads to them pulling him for Liam Hendricks. I would have just had Bummer out there for at least one more batter. I mean, it was Miguel Cabrera, but they felt like Liam Hendricks would have been a better matchup. I mean, Liam Hendricks literally was the only Sox pitcher who had the worst weekend of all time. I mean, he gives up he gives up the game-tying home runs to Miguel Cabrera, who's a, a like a million years old. I mean, I couldn't believe he was still playing. Like, you know, I think this is his last year or whatnot, but Miguel Cabrera's been beating the Sox in for a very long time. There kind of was a little bit of this back end where he hasn't real where we kind of had his number a little bit with his age and stuff, but he showed up and that was the tying run to the game. And eventually I think he walked, I think he hit the next guy, which loaded the bases, but they got out of the jam. And then Andrew Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn had a huge series and it's, it's more evident as to why the White Sox should not trade him no matter what, because he is probably going to be the predecessor to Jose Abreu. We, we don't know what is going to happen with Jose Abreu after this year. Are they going to bring him back? Are they going to resign? But, after a while, I mean, Andrew Vaughn has to play his natural position of first base, but he hits the go-ahead home run in the ninth. Really felt like he it was it was going to save the day. Felt like it was really going to save the day, and then Hendricks just comes in immediately, three-two pitch, throws it right down the middle. Eric Haas, bomb, and Eric Haas is just Eric Haas is the new Ryan Rayburn. He is just he just kills us. He kills us. I think he has. I think I saw a number. He, like, his highest batting average of his career is against the White Sox. I think he has 22 career home runs. He's had seven of them against the White Sox, including the one that tied the game in the ninth inning. Like, Eric Haas is just developing into a a Sox killer. And very funny story. I remember he had an inside the Parker, I think, last year. And I was just not impressed with it. I was like, why don't you hit an actual home run? And then he, I hit an actual home run later in the game. Literally shut me up, and that was that wasn't good. That was fun times, but he had our number that again. And then they give up the triple to Austin Meadows, and whatever the last play was, we, I never really saw a definitive, a real definitive proof. I mean, as you look at more angles, it, it obviously it looked like he his ball the the ball popped out of his glove and hit the wall, which, I mean, saved opening day for the Detroit Tigers. I mean, I made their that that opening day made their whole series like, but it wasn't good. I mean, that first game, I mean, he had some good, I mean, Luis Robert looked good. AJ Pollock looked really good in that first game. Andrew Vaughn, obviously who I think is going to have a huge year. He's going to have a huge year, no matter where he plays, whether it's the outfield, whether it's DH, whether it's first base, he'll have a really huge year. And so, and then Liam Hendricks just completely imploding. That was really the only thing that, that was really the only bad that came out of this weekend for the most part outside of these injuries to Lucas Giolito and then the game yesterday with A.J. Pollock. But it was overall, it was a pretty positive series. This first game was really the only one where things just were just like, all right, this is not looking good. And it's one game, you know, because a lot of people like to overreact on opening day. They're like, oh, my God, like this is this is a third place team. Like this is not going to be a good year. 
And it's like, I mean, we, we kind of need to relax here. It's just one game. Like, it's one game. I get it. It's opening day. Everybody's excited. Everybody's jazzed up for the new year. But you also have to understand they're not going to win every single game. And one game out of 162 is not going to dictate how good the team is going to be going forward. I mean, granted, opening day wasn't good. I mean, opening day was horrible. I mean, we should have won the game. Honestly, we probably should have swept the Tigers because they were pretty much not even in any of these games until we pretty much gave it back. We pretty much gave them opening day. And even that was not really even that because A.J. Powell catches that ball. We go into extra innings and nobody's talking about Javier Baez and his late game heroics, which were pretty much just a product of luck. So then we transition from that, and then we get the news right after that that G. Leo is going to miss his next two starts. I mean, the injury bug just can't go away, and we'll kind of coincide that with A.J. Pollock, who then would leave in the third inning after going two for two. And, like, Pollock was looking very, very good. I mean, he was playing solid right field, and it looked like we were we were getting very good. We were, we were getting better defensively at the positions we needed to be better at defense at. And A.J. Pollock was supplying that. Now, he left with a, with a hamstring injury. He's day-to-day, and he's also set to go on paternity leave. He's set to have his second child. So congratulations to A.J. Pollock on on, on the birth of his second child. We, She's not born yet, but still congratulations to Mr. A.J. Pollock. And then the Giolito news. Giolito going on the I.L. He'll miss two starts. Hopefully it's only two starts, and it's not anything more. But, I mean, we're we're taking hits here. Like this, the injury bug just, (laughs) it just won't go away. I mean, it hit us pretty hard last year at different points in time at the first half of the last season was our position players. And then the second half of the season, it started hitting all of our pitchers all at once, which then led to our demise against the Astros. And now, I mean, we don't have Lance Lynn and now we're not going to have Lucas Giolito out here. I mean, now we're going to our six, seven, eight guys, in terms of our pitching depth down and in wherever they are. And I just, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they supplement those innings of Lucas Giolito. I mean, obviously it means Vince Velasquez is going to start more games. He's set to start the home opener. I mean, what, what a, what a disaster of a starting pitcher to have your home opener on. Like you could, you literally could have picked anybody else. You could have picked Dallas Keuchel. And I think people would have preferred that over starting Vince Velasquez like that. Like, I, I hope we win the game, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Vince Velasquez just gets shelled by a Mariners lineup that is pretty gosh darn deep. We'll, we'll get into that later. But still, with the Giolito news, I mean, the pitching depth, it's coming into play, and we're we're going to have to get some, some of these guys to get in positions. I mean, Cueto was probably about a couple weeks away, so... We'll probably get him and Giolito back at the same time. Giolito might start a rehab game, or they might just have him just jump right back into the majors. Might might not even have him have a rehab start. And then that leads us into game two of the series. Game two was pleasantly better, pleasantly better performance in terms of the way we were able to win the game. Dylan Cease, I mean, shout out to him. He he is the owner of the Detroit Tigers. He is the owner of the Detroit Tigers. They he's nine and zero career. The White Sox are also twelve and zero in games in which he starts against the Detroit Tigers. That was also credit to me for giving that little bit of a nugget in 
Friday's podcast in the series preview when I said, you know, Dylan Cease is nine is eight. Well, I said he was nine and oh. Now he's nine and oh. It turns out he was eight and oh with an ERA of two. Now that is lowered to under two because he went five innings, eight strikeouts, three walks, and didn't allow a run to the Detroit Tigers lineup, who it seemed like they were a little tired from celebrating opening day, which I get. You know, the Tigers haven't really had a whole lot of successful seasons for the past, like, three or four years. So for them to get their little opening day win over us, I mean, it felt like they won, they won the World Series for, for a second for them. So, I mean, they celebrated so much, they forgot to show up these, these next two games. I mean, the White Sox outscored them these next two games 15-3. to and it, this was the lower half of it. A.J. Pollock had two hits, and they started right off the bat, scored two runs, next inning, got another one. So we were already up. Actually, we didn't get the other one until later in the game. I'm, I'm sorry. So they start this game off the way they start off opening day. A.J. Pollock, but except this time, the first two guys get on, and then they drive them in. It was Aloy Jimenez, same way, basically how opening day started, 2 nothing. And except this time, it was Dylan Cease just mowing down Detroit Tigers hitters. Like, his stuff was nasty. His curveball was nasty. His slider was nasty. He struck out the side in the fourth inning in the middle of the game. And, you know, this is the type of progress that we need to see from Dylan Cease and the type of performance we're going to need from our starting pitchers, particularly from Cease and Kopech. But five-plus innings, three walks, eight strikeouts. I hope you guys hit the over on his strikeouts. I think it was six and a half at plus 108. I smashed that, cashed those tickets in. But Cease dominated the Tigers like he always does. He's the owner of the Tigers. The offense was pretty stagnant for the most part. But when you have good starting pitching like that, you don't really need to score a whole lot of runs. Also, the, the bat drops are back. The Yaz King, Yasmani Grandal. He, he delivered the bat drop, and you always know whenever he gets it because you can tell right off the bat he is the bat drop king. He dropped a nuke on Detroit in 40-degree temperature weather. He said, I don't care if it's cold. Here's a bomb to heat you Detroit fans up. And then that led us into the bullpen, which Saturday, better bullpen. I mean, shout-out to Bennett Souza. I mean, he made his major league debut. I mentioned earlier he made his debut on opening day. He made his day. He also pitched again yesterday, two games in a row, and he hasn't allowed a hit in. I believe he's faced like nine nine hitters and has five strikeouts. Hasn't allowed a hit. Very very impressive stuff from this particular left hander. We have two good young left handers coming out of this bullpen that are replacing Garrett Crochet and the type of, you know, they're not going to dominate you with ninety nine mile per hour heat, and that's okay because the White Sox don't really need. Um, what I call clones like they like G Leo Cease and Kopech you can make an argument are like three of the same pitchers well in this bullpen they have two sinker ballers and guys are and I think Jose Ruiz who's kind of just a guy who they throw out there at times which is what they did in yesterday's game they kind of just threw him out there just to throw him out there because they didn't really have a whole supplement of arms but Bennett Souza, I mean shout out to him he he dominated you guys first career strike strikeout on Saturday and then, which led, and then the in the end of the game, almost got very, very prickly. Like Eric Haas in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, up five two. I mean, thank God we got an insurance run from Andrew Vaughn. Again, late in the game, you know, Andrew Vaughn who came in to replace Pollock comes in, 
with two outs, drives in an ever-important insurance run. Ever-important insurance run. It made it 5-2. to two. And this was actually right after the Tigers kind of cut the lead in half. And they, you know, Vaughn came up clutch with that hit, a late-inning hit. They'll also have another one that we'll get to later. But then we'll get to the, but the bottom of the ninth. I mean, things got a little bit prickly. Aaron Bummer allowed the first two runners to get on base. Two, two little bloop hits, little cheap hits, something most of the time you can't really do much about it. And that really seemed like to be the only type of hits that the Tigers were getting were these like little bloopers that would drop in front of Aloy and in front of Luis Robert. Like they weren't really hitting anything particularly over their head. I mean, the only thing that kind of got remotely close to being a home run was Javier Baez's walk-off on Friday. So you get the first two guys off, and then Aaron Bummer, just one, two, three, good morning, good afternoon, good night. He set them all down, especially Eric Haas, the ever-important White Sox killer Eric Haas. When he struck him out, I knew I knew we had it. Well, I didn't say I knew we had it, but it made it that much easier because Eric Haas was the White Sox killer, and I've seen him many a times tying up ball games, hitting bombs. So I was just pre pre prepared for that inevitable doom of Eric Haas. But then five two first win of the season. You always love that first win of the season. It feels good to get that first win off your back, on your chest. Probably should have had it on opening day, but you know you you can't win every single game, and you'll have these weird games where. Inevitably, your bullpen is going to blow games. You just don't know when they're going to do it. And then that leads us into today's game. So the buildup to today's game was obviously Kopech's um, first official start as a starter post-Tommy John surgery, you know, because he's had a really interesting path to the big leagues. He, he was out for 2019. He opted out of 2020. And then the 2021 season, I mean, he went four innings and only gave up the one run. He walked two. He only struck out three. Not really, but, I mean, stuff that, you know, you don't really need Michael Kopech right now to be striking everybody out. You need Michael Kopech to get out, whether that's ground balls. And that's the same with Dylan Cease, too. And Dylan Cease was getting that in yesterday's game where you want to get – you have to get ground – you have to get outs. You have to get outs. You get, I mean, strikeouts are fine. But your main priority should be, I have to get this guy out to keep our team in a position to win. And Kopech did that. I mean, he, he looked really good. He even said after the game that this was a big step in the right direction for him. And it is because, you know, the more consistent innings he can throw, and I'm pretty sure next next game they'll probably push him a little bit further, probably get him to go one more. I thought, that, I thought he was going to go one more. I mean, he had 69 of his 41 pitches were strikes. He was... At one point, I mean, he was throwing only fastballs, and then I was complaining about him not throwing any other pitches. And then he mixed in the curveball, mixed in the slider, and that was really when he settled down. That was really when he settled down, and Detroit really didn't have much of an answer out in our bullpen. I mean, Kyle Crick, shout out to him. He pretty much was mowing guys down. And then Tanner Banks. I remember remember making a comment, and I think it was the first podcast I was like, yeah, Tanner Banks turned into Sonny Co- Sandy Koufax for a game. And I was like, well, yeah, it's a spring training game. Well, now here he is in the majors, and it turns out he just might be Sandy Koufax, just his name is Tanner Banks. I mean, he had four strikeouts today. He was just mowing down Tigers. And, you know, a great story by him. You know, he, he was a seven-year minor leaguer, had spent seven years in the minor leagues, pitched over 200 innings, 
and the mine and the miners just waiting for his opportunity. And then when they and then when he made his opportunity, you know, these are the best stories in baseball when, you know, you have the longtime minor leaguer who's been in the minors for as long as they have been in the minors, particularly Tanner Banks, who have been in the minors for eight years. And then when they get that major league call up and they make the most of it, those are the best stories in baseball. Or guys like Tanner Banks, guys like Bennett Souza, who you don't really see coming. You don't see you kind of hear about them. But you don't really know about them. You don't think, oh yeah, they're inevitably going to help the White Sox down the road. No, that you you never expect that to happen. And when it did, I mean, you you obviously are very proud for him because this is obviously a career defining moment. I mean, this is something that he is going to tell his grandchild grandchildren for the rest of his life. So shout out to Tanner Banks. He dominated the Tigers, and then the offense just exploded. I wanted to get to the Tanner Banks stuff because. <laughs> Because the real story of the game was Tim Anderson made his debut after being suspended for two games with a bullshit suspension. The real igniter of this team. And it really goes to show how different this offense is when Tim Anderson's in the lineup and when he's not in the lineup. I mean, right off the bat, I mean, it was like, boom. Like, you, you didn't even, he didn't even take any time. He spent two days waiting in a hotel room waiting to smack Detroit hitting. And he did just that. He did just that. First first hit of the, first pitch of the game, it's a leadoff double. He's already on second base. Luis Robert got on base and stole second. I mean, shout out to Luis Robert. He has two stolen bases tied for the league league with two stolen bases. And that was huge because inevitably, Jose Abreu, because that stolen base that Robert would have, that was huge because... If he would have stayed at first, I mean, that leads to a double play, and it's only one run being scored. But then, you know, Robert steals that base. It moves both of the runners over, including Tim Anderson scoring. And then that leads to a sacrifice fly by Aloy Jimenez, who had himself a pretty nice series. He, he's had five, six RBIs. He's had five RBIs in the series. He had a pretty solid series in terms of driving in runs, not really getting a whole lot of... Um, real power hits, but I mean, that, that will come in, come in time. It's more or less just Aloy just trying to take what the pitchers are giving him and just trying to make good contact, which I think has been the main key of importance by Frank Menachino, the White Sox hitting coach, is just taking your walks and trying to make contact. I mean, the, the plate discipline in this series by the White Sox was pretty... It, it told the whole story about why they scored more runs than the Tigers. I know, I know that sounds cliche and all, but I mean, think about it. In the first two games, I think the White Sox struck out. I saw a stat. It was six times. They struck out six times in two games. The Tigers have struck out 23 times in the two games. And then it was more today. I didn't add today's number, today's game's numbers to, to that total. But I mean, I like what I saw out of this offense. That, that is what the offense can do consistently on a day in and day out. And this was kind of like a B lineup. I mean, you had the second half of the lineup, not really. I mean, Danny Mendick produced, he had a RBI double the back end of the lineup. I mean, you look at that and compared to the front row, it was, there was one strikeout between the one, one and five hitters on the white Sox today. There was five between the six and nine hitters. So it, you know, the back end was really kind of supplemented with, uh, backups. I think it was more of just a rest day, try to get guys off their feet like Leori Garcia and Jake Berger, who has 
Yoel Moncada's replacement for the time being. I mean, Josh Harrison also, shout out to Josh Harrison. He is, we'll get to his defense in a second once we get done talking about the White Sox offense. But strong offensive production today. I mean, the, if there was an offensive MVP for this series, it, ha- it has to be Andrew Vaughn. I mean, Andrew Vaughn, six RBIs, two home runs, and also drove in another big run in Saturday's game. Like, Andrew Vaughn is improving so much at the plate that that it's so it's so nice to to see him develop into the nice hitter, and he is really trying to make his way into the lineup. I mean, in these three games, six RBIs, he has to play every single day. I want Andrew Vaughn in that lineup every single day. But not every single day, but a good, but most of the time, he needs to be in that lineup. Like he hit a three run bomb off a right handed reliever, and he's right now being platooned for the righty lefty switch, which I I guess I understand by what LaRusse is trying to do. But I mean, Vaughn has to play every single day. I mean, this series, he was destroying, he was destroying Detroit pitching, just making a mockery of the Detroit Tigers, along with Tim Anderson in his season debut, a 10 to one, a 10 to one victory, pretty, pretty over, pretty dominating stuff. I mean, that's what this team can do on a consistent basis. And they don't even have half of their lineup. I mean, Mankata's still out. Grandal didn't play. They were playing Reese McGuire, who shout out to him. I mean, we'll get, we'll get to him. I mean, he threw out Throw out a base runner. I mean, tell me the last time you saw a White Sox catcher throw throw out a base runner. We didn't we didn't see it at all last year. I mean, Zach Collins and Zabby Savala, no disrespect to those guys, but they're just not good major league catchers. They're just not. Like they couldn't they couldn't throw out anybody. Like Reese McGuire throws out one guy, and it's like, this is the best catcher on the White Sox right now, is Reese McGuire. And I know he didn't have the best day at the plate, but we don't have Reese McGuire here to be an offensive catcher. That's what we have Yasmani Grandal for. We have Reese McGuire to help make our backstop defense a lot more better. And granted, here's the here's another thing. The White Sox defense in this series, very improved by the most part. I mean, Josh Harrison, it feels good to have a solid major leaguer veteran who has played around the block, has played multiple positions, I mean, Josh Harrison had a couple of nice plays at third. He had some nice plays at second base. You know, half the time last year, we would have to worry about whoever was playing at second, bobbling a ball, letting it go by him. The ball's going underneath his legs. Like all that, all that bad stuff. We haven't had, I mean, it's it's still early, but I mean, the defense has solidly improved in all years and in right field too, even though A.J. Pollock hasn't really played a whole lot of right field. He's still done a very nice job in terms of the defensive side of things. So the White Sox defense, very, very improved. The offense is still a lightning. The offense is still a a dominating, a dominating unit. It's a, it's as deep of a lineup as anybody is in the majors, including the Toronto Blue Jays who just score runs all over everybody. But this is a good series winning two out of three should have been a sweep. Should have been a sweep, but, you know, I'll take two out of three and a sweep for a good majority of these series. And now coming up, we have the Seattle Mariners coming into town. The Mariners are coming in, and they are going to try and ruin the White Sox home opener. 
the Mariner, the Mariners come into town, and the Mariners have they have a they're a sneaky pretty good team. I mean, they came into Chicago last year and took two out of three out of us last year, and they they made some very good moves in the offseason to improve their team. They signed Robbie Ray to a big contract. They traded for Jesse Winker and Eduardo Suarez and. I believe they also they traded for Adam Frazier, who at one point in time was a Chicago White Sox target. It's gonna that that's gonna be a tough series, especially with Robbie Ray going on Wednesday and Logan Gilbert going on Thursday. The White Sox are going to counter with Vince Velasquez on Tuesday. The Mariners are still TBD, and then you have the showdown of lefties. Robbie Ray, last year's Cy Young Award winner, against the 2015 Cy Young Award winner Dallas Keuchel. And then on Thursday, they have Logan Gilbert, and it is TBD, as that was supposed to be Lucas Giolito's spot, but the White Sox are still probably going to figure out what to do with that, of who's going to make that start, whether it's going to be somebody out of AAA, whether it's going to be Jimmy Lambert, whether it might be Ronaldo Lopez. Any, it, there'll, there'll be a decision made within the next couple of days as to who will take Gio's start for these next couple couple of starts it'll be a really interesting series seeing as how the Mariners are really are a pretty good team like they I think they have a shot to win the West I I think they do I think they have a really solid shot to win the West I mean this is no slouch of a team like they are a really good team and they have a that's a fan base and a franchise that has not been to the playoffs in over 20 years I also I'm pretty sure last year was their first year where they finished above 500 for the first time in I think like 15 years. Like they, they were such a a backwards franchise for such a long time. Like they didn't have an analytics department till I think like 2013. They were just like, hey, maybe we should start using these computers and stuff. And he was like, nah, we're gonna do it my way. It didn't really translate to a whole lot of wins with the Seattle Mariners back then, because they they had some great players. I mean, with Suzuki and Felix Hernandez. And now, I mean, you go to this, go to this age of Mariners players, and you got Mitch Haniger, who's a problem. They also have Jesse, you know, obviously they acquired Jesse Winker, who was pretty good for the Cincinnati Reds last year. It's going to be a tough series. It's going to be a tough series, especially going up against Robbie Ray. The Sox have beaten Ray before, but I mean, it's never really easy. I mean, he I'm pretty sure he struck out like 25 White Sox last year when we played him. And like he he was making work out of our hitters last year. That'll also be Dallas Keuchel's season debut, which, I mean, whatever. We just hope that Keuchel can just give us just a little bit of what he had in 2020 to just kind of make us feel a little bit better about the rotation going forward. Because God, because Lord knows, I mean, we're starting to, I mean, we have, we're down our top two guys, so ev- everybody has to at least step up just a little bit up until both of these guys come back. And that includes Keiko, who really has not been our best pitcher the last couple of years. So we really need, obviously, it'll be a tough matchup. He's going up against Robbie Ray, and it'll be it'll be a fun series to watch. I mean, it'll be very fun. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for the home opener. I I won't be at the home opener. I'll probably be there on Saturday when they take on the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll preview that series later in the week. Later in the week, and we will close out the show with. Our MVPs, our series MVPs. So, in terms of our offensive MVPs, our number one offensive MVP is Andrew Vaughn. 
Andrew Vaughn finished the series with a 400 batting average. He hit two home runs and six RBIs, including a go-ahead home run in Friday's game. He had the go-ahead R. He had an insurance RBI against the Tigers on Saturday, and then his three-run homer really put the game out of reach on Sunday, dominating the Tigers ten to one. And Vaughn, very big stuff from him. I didn't really get a chance to preview what I expect out of him in the season because. You know, I didn't really know what to expect out of him. And so far in this early going, all right, he, he looks really good. He looks really good as a play. He looks better as a hitter. He's developing. I mean, he's weighing on pitches, and he's basically taking what the pitchers give him and making the most of it. I mean, he's he already has two home runs, and you could see why I didn't want the White Sox to trade him, and you could see why the White Sox don't want to trade him because I'm pretty sure if they wanted to, he would have already been traded for a, a dozen other players who would be on the White Sox right now, and we would be sitting here being like, why the fuck did we trade Andrew Vaughn? Well, we don't have to worry about that. Hopefully, we don't have to worry about that, and we keep Andrew Vaughn here because he'll, he'll probably be the predecessor to Jose Abreu. Like, that's something that is going to be a, a, a topic of discussion when we get to the end of the season is being what what's going to happen with this log jam at first base? Is it going because one of these guys is going to go, whether it's Abreu, whether it's Vaughn, whether it's Gavin Sheets, one of these three guys is inevitably not going to be here because of depth issues. And the White Sox also think that highly of Andrew Vaughn that I think inevitably he will take the spot and the reins over at first base. And then on the pitching side of things, our other series MVPs, Bennett Sousa and Tanner Banks. They both made their series debuts, both or actually both made their major league debuts. I'm sorry. They both made their major league debuts. And for the most part, they, they looked pretty gosh darn good. I mean, Tanner Banks today, he pitched two innings, four strikeouts, very impressive stuff in his major league debut. As I mentioned, the seven year minor leaguer getting his opportunity. Bennett Souza has retired all nine hitters that he has faced so far in his major league career. He struck out five in the two appearances that he has had so far, and also our starting pitchers. They gave up a combined three runs against the Tigers. Good starting pitching and strong starting pitching production, not giving up this many runs. I mean, this was almost a picture-perfect series for the White Sox outside of opening day, which they probably should have won. But, I mean, it's one game. You're not going to win them all. Very strong series from our boys it's it's great to have the white Sox back i will have plenty more of these series recaps and we'll also have a recap on tuesday of the home opener along with the series review with the seattle mariners and the series preview of the tampa bay rays that's going to be coming out later in the week so look out for those podcasts and also thank you for listening to this podcast i'm clint klaus and i am out go white Sox. 